BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm not a doctor. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J. Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J., take it away. Bonus time in the Ben Jarofsky Show. As I speak, it's Friday, October 2nd, 2020, but this is a podcast. You can be listening anytime. Before I introduce my guest, I'll tell you what's the headline in the newspaper. This newspaper came out in the morning before word broke uh, that Donald Trump uh, had COVID. So that's not the headline I'm going to read. But this headline I'm going to read is very apropos for what we're going to be talking about with my uh, distinguished guest. So here's the headline in the New York Times. Doubts on mail prompt a push to vote on site. Democrats uneasy as Trump sows discord. Oh, yeah. Those Republicans are up to no good. They've been up to no good for years and years. In my humble opinion, Democrats, stop falling for the okie doke. Be smart. Be strategic. Be wise. Don't let them push you around. And that's a perfect introduction for my next guest. And as I do with all bonus show guests, I just ask my guest to introduce herself, uh, distinguished mystery guests introduce yourself tell people who you are and we'll take it away from there go ahead well thank you ben for inviting me on today um yes my name is ann minster and i am a citizen first and foremost i think that's the most important role in our democracy that we have and uh since 2008 i've taken it upon myself to do more then vote. Voting is the minimum we need to do. So um, when I began canvassing and phone banking, I didn't know that that would set me on a course to actually become a community organizer. But in fact, um, that is what I do now uh, as a volunteer. And I also volunteer with the Democratic Party of Outagamie County, where I serve now as the chair of our political outreach committee. Um, I'm a retired speech and language pathologist. I've lived my entire life in Wisconsin, grew up in Madison. Um, I benefited by the support given to me by the taxpayers who valued education, public education. Um, So I, yeah, public education, um, that's what provides opportunity for all of us and actually provides uh, the place where we learn about democracy as we learn with others, right, in uh, diversity. So I'm already rambling, Ben. I think you better rein me in. All right, I'll rein you in. Uh, That's all good stuff. Uh, Ann Minster from Wisconsin, uh, Outagamie County, for folks who don't know, is up north, the Appleton area, uh, just south of Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Packers play. People in Illinois uh, and woke up uh, one morning in November of 2016 and came to the conclusion 
that Wisconsin was a really important state uh, <laughs> because it's a swing state. And it was one of the big three that the Democrats were counting on to defeat Donald Trump in 2016, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Trump won all three. Voters in Illinois were like, what? Huh? I thought these were in the bag. And taking it state by state, we're going to concentrate on Wisconsin. And in reality, the seeds for Donald Trump's victory in 2016 were planted in 2010 when Scott Walker was victorious, took took control of the state house, right wing Republican governor, and the Republicans also took control of the what we call the General Assembly, the state legislature, and they gerrymandered the hell out of Wisconsin's political map. And talk a little bit about what went down in 2010 and the implications it had for 2016 and what uh, you're trying to do in 2020. Go back in time to 2010. Oh, my God. Okay, so in 2010, when Walker was elected, um, he had a plan. I mean, they had a grand plan. They were ready to roll. Uh, even uh, while he was running, when he was running for governor, I remember a video that was leaked where he was talking with Diane Hendricks, who is um, the CEO and founder, or whatever, of ABC Supply. And uh, she asked him then, what are we going to do about right to work? Right. Right. I, you know, and, and he let her know at that time that, you know, just sit tight, basically, uh, that there's a plan. Uh, we're going to divide and conquer. So that all started right after he took office and he dropped the bomb, dropped the bomb. And that was, of course, when he um, uh, the, the Act 10, the Act 10 bill, which uh, did away with collective bargaining among public workers. Um, so, but to, to the gerrymandering point, so another aspect of having uh, the legislature in Republican hands after the 2010 election was that by state law, our district maps are drawn uh, by the party in power, right? It's, our districting process is a partisan process. And so they set out to draw maps to favor them politically. Um, it has gone to the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, but it, that didn't go anywhere. Um, so we sit with gerrymandered maps that in 2018, when we had statewide races, right, the Democrats took every, we won every statewide race, so the people, the people spoke, right? They were ready. They were done. They were done with Walker. But when votes were taken for state assembly and the state Senate, which are subject to the district maps that were drawn, it turns out that for the state assembly, the popular vote, the Democrats People voted for Democrats for 50, 50, at 54%, and yet they only secured 36 out of 99 assembly seats. Mm. 
Okay, so it's it's very difficult. It's difficult. People don't need to. Those in power are not listening to their the will of the people. Um, Oh, God, there's a there's a wonderful woman in Dane County, Sheila Plotkin, and she um, went after open records to see how people were being responded to um, at the at the, you know, people write in, they email, they call their legislators, um, and and they simply do not respond to the will of the people. They take uh, they take direction from um, Robin Voss, the assembly speaker in the state assembly, and Scott Fitzgerald, the um, uh, Senate president, not the Senate president, that's uh, Roger Roth, but... Um, Oh, what's his title anyway? But they take direction mm-hmm. uh, from their caucus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they take the direction from the leaders of their caucus. Uh, they're not accountable uh, to the voters of Wisconsin because the Democratic strength has been diluted by divvying it up so that you put high concentrations of it in one district uh, and you spread the Republicans out as best you can uh, so yep. they have a voting strength. Yep. Uh, and in 20- Packing and cracking, it's called. Packing yes. and cracking. It's some of the oldest tricks in the book, and it's so ironic. I've been around Chicago for a long time, and and the Republicans used to scream to the mountaintops about how Richard Daly, the old man Daly, would do it to them. And now they took all those tricks of the daily trade and their practice. <laughs> They're such hypocrites. Uh, uh, the, the rest of the country, don't take this the wrong way, with the exception of people like me, uh, wouldn't care what happened in Wisconsin. But... And, and by the way, let me just say this I, before I get there. When Scott Walker and his corporate cronies came up with their plan to undermine the power of municipal unions or uh, governmental unions, public unions, back in 2011, I couldn't get liberals in Illinois to care about it. They were like, well, you know, Ben, uh, that's a local issue. Or, you know, some of these unions, they've gone too far. And uh, they would tell me, you know, but I'm really concerned about a, a woman's right to choose. Or I'm really concerned about uh, uh, in the environment. That's more my concern. Uh, and, you know, Anne, when they cut the unions off at the knees, they cut, the, they cut so much of the source of support that the Democratic Party had. And that led, made them vulnerable. And that is in part why Donald John Trump was victorious in 2016. Go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, it really has a lot to do with Citizens United, right, Mm -hmm. which was ruled in 2010, uh, because that allows for unlimited amounts of money to be poured in by both corporations, LLCs, and unions. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about the power of corporations, um, uh, you know, uh, corporations are not people and so forth. But that money was also um, that Unions are also part of that. And so, uh, you know, it's widely known that unions generally support Democratic candidates. And so uh, by um, removing any negotiation ability, um, you really you you cut off the union's um, potential for gaining membership. So it it really is all about power again. (laughs) And. He was able to divide and conquer. I mean, since that time, as a public school educator, we have taken, we took a lot. We, 
the respect. I mean, the teaching profession has really suffered in Wisconsin. Um, I don't know how many people are aware that teacher education programs, enrollees in teacher education programs, um, is down 40%. We're facing a teacher shortage here in Wisconsin, and we have had one of the best uh, public school systems, you know, throughout the country. It's it's really sad how um, that has hurt our state. All right. So before we move on to what uh, uh, Democrats in Wisconsin like yourself are doing to try to uh, win the state for Joe Biden, let's just uh, talk about uh, the efforts uh, to try to defeat uh, uh, to defeat the Republicans in the state house and the uh, the state Senate so that they cannot gerrymander again. Uh, I, there's an initiative, there's efforts uh, along those lines, correct? Um, to, well, I don't know that we can take, um, we have seats that we need to win. Uh, the, the efforts of the Republicans is to overturn enough seats so that um, the, that, that any of their legislation that they would pass would be veto proof. Mm-hmm. So we need to, the program is called Save the Veto. So there are particular races that are important in order to do that. Uh, because if the if if we're not able to veto legislation, if Governor Ebers is not able to veto legislation passed, um, we're we're really lost. Um, you know, there it's really the Republicans are all about um uh, sustaining their their grip on our state, um, they're not out to even keep us safe from COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're filing a suit now. They've filed suit um, to you know overturn the mask mandate uh, that Governor Ebers um, has enacted, the second one now since the public health emergency, and they have filed suit with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. So rather than come into the people's house and actually legislate where they would perhaps be subject to voters wrath, right? They're all, you know, the, the half of the state Senate seats are up for reelection and all of our state assembly races are up. Um, but they don't want to take that risk. And so they filed a suit. That's, that's, uh, you know, just a thought about the um, the battle that the Republicans are waging, not just in Wisconsin, although I think of Wisconsin and Michigan as being uh, sort of the home ground to this battle, but it's also going on in Illinois against efforts by Democratic governors uh, to institute social distancing or rules or to require people to wear masks in public places. I'm wondering, this just popped into my head, Ann, do you think that the fact that Donald Trump has COVID might get them to pull back a little bit uh, on this initiative. I mean, Donald Trump is their hero. They worship uh, him. They're members of his cult. I'm just wondering, do you think this might slacken their enthusiasm uh, for fighting against something as basic as wearing a face mask? Oh man, I, I doubt it. I I doubt it. I mean, they're going to wait and take their lead, uh, probably take their lead from Fox News, just as the president does. 
right? Let's see what Fox News has to say about it, and they'll be falling in line. I I, I can't predict what will happen. Um, I heard now that he's uh, headed uh, headed to Walter Reed. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm hearing all kinds of things, uh, you know, theories about that he may not even be ill. Um, I, I can't imagine that he would use a tactic like feigning COVID in order to pull out of campaigning because he does love uh, the attention, right, of, of being in close proximity with people at these rallies. I, I don't know. I well, don't my, know. my theory, uh, for what it's worth, uh, well, let's put it this way before we and we'll move away from this, but I have such distrust for anything that, the Trump White House says they lie all the time. They have no credibility. I watched Donald Trump in the course of the debate tell such outrageous lies. Uh, the funniest one was when he he, he, I, he was talking about how many people come to see him at rallies. And, and when he started out, it was 20,000. And then in the next breath, he was talking about 30,000. I go, if this debate goes another hour, there'll be 100,000 people that showed up. And so, you know, they have no credibility. And so this is an instinct I have when they say something, when they declare something like the president has COVID, I'm like, all right, what's the game? What's the play? I know there's a play here. And I, I, I'm almost embarrassed by that skepticism, uh, which borders on a conspiracy theory. And I feel it's like I should be able to trust the White House when they say the president is ill. But I, to me, it's like a setup of some sorts where he has a miraculous rebound that uh, undermines efforts to get people to wear masks. I don't know. I I apologize, Anne, for my utter cynicism, which is bred from a lot of years of covering politics. Let me just tell you that. Uh, so, all right, that's me on that subject. Let's move on. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Pac-Man districts. Introduce people to Illinois about the Pac-Man districts. Give them a sense of what Republicans do in Wisconsin. Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. The Pac-Man district. Yeah. So you get the picture, right, of how Pac-Man is, you know, eating its way through the course. And we have three assembly districts in our state Senate district, 19. And those are 55, 56, and 57. 57 is pretty much most of Appleton. Surrounding 57 is much of 56, but it looks like a giant jaw, okay? Like an open jaw. And then around 56, you have 55. So this is so gerrymandered. You have the, okay, so in in the town of Greenville, some of the people live in 55, some live in 56. Same with the town of Grand Chute. And then in Appleton, you have people living, I am in 56, um, but then on the south side of Appleton, on the other side of the river, you have a neighborhood that is in 56. It is so it, it is so bizarre and totally gerrymandered. And in fact, when when those maps were drawn, Penny Bernard Shaver was in the state assembly. She was uh, the first Democrat to hold that seat in, I think, nearly 100 years. Mm-hmm. And. Um, she held it for a couple of a couple of uh, uh, sessions. Anyway, 
when those maps were drawn, she was told, oh, Penny, you'll be so happy with our maps that we've drawn. You've, you're in a safe seat or some something to that effect. But anyway, that she would be happy with the district the way it was drawn for her. So, well, you know, the gerrymandering issue, you know, we heard from Glenn Grossman, who is in Congress in the 6th Congressional District. He actually was um, videotaped saying that they were sure that um, the maps would would help them in the 2016 election. And they did. And they did. They did. Yeah. Uh, Well, is there any chance that those districts can go Democrat this time around? Well, we're hoping we're hoping it's it's a long shot, but really, we have a great candidate up in up in uh, northeast Wisconsin in Amanda Stuck. Amanda Stuck is running for Congress in the 8th Congressional District. And that uh, man, she is she is a person who grew up in Appleton, went to school in Appleton, graduated from UW-Oshkosh. She has served in the state assembly now since 2014. And she really would represent the people of Northeast Wisconsin very well because she has lived their life. She has lived the life of the people that she would represent. Um, so we're we're very hopeful for Amanda, but she does not have the resources uh of her opponent. Her opponent being Mike Gallagher. Yes, Mike Gallagher. So he is he ran for the first time in 2016 and uh, came out of nowhere, really. No one had heard of Mike Gallagher. Um, even though he was born in Green Bay, he spent much of his, um, he was raised actually in California. And he has a background in the military. He served as a Marine. So, you know, he like checked that box off for the Republicans. And he uh, served two tours of in Iraq. Um, and then later, well, in intelligence, he has a doctorate from uh, Georgetown University and served then on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee as a lead Republican staffer. Mm -hmm. So I think at that time he was picked, he was kind of, you know, he was handpicked to run. Mm -hmm. And so he came back, came back to Green Bay and got a job with Breakthrough Fuel. uh, So he would, you know, look legitimate. And he has just like untold funds. Um, This past week, he spent over 125,000 uh, for his ad buy. He's been running TV ads since the beginning of, well, like the second week in September. And it looks like um, he's going to blow through uh, about, he's going to, he spent about 700000 uh, in 2018. And he's really on pace to blow past that in the next couple weeks. Yeah, so it's a she's Amanda stuck us at a, a disadvantage just in terms of money. Do you think you can make up for that with enthusiasm and organization? Yeah, there is a lot of enthusiasm for Amanda, and you know th- this is interesting. She is a person who shows up. She is everywhere, and and before COVID hit, 
I didn't know where she would be from one day to the next trying to get to events within the district, right? And COVID shut that down. So now everything is virtual. And um, here's here's the really encouraging news. Um, you know, incumbents aren't interested in meeting with you in a forum uh, or a debate if they don't consider you to be somewhat of a threat. And in fact, that has happened with Amanda because she has three events scheduled with um, Mike Gallagher right now. Um, one is, let's see, the first is with the League of Women Voters on October 6th. That's a virtual event. And then um, on the 13th of October with the Wisconsin Conservative Coalition. And then there's going to be a live debate uh, with the CBS affiliate in Green Bay. And that's going to be from 9 to 10 p.m. Um, October 26th in studio. So I'm very excited about that. Um, my concern, though, is that we need to get her out in front of, of the public more, you know, in terms of the media market. And that's very expensive. Um, so I would love to, for any of your listeners to go to amandastuck.com where you can open up her website and hit that donate button. Um, she is deserving. She is just, I should say we, the constituents, the, the people, residents of the eighth congressional district deserve to have someone like Amanda in office for us in Washington, DC. Well, let me see. The last time I'm looking this up, I should know this offhand. The last time Mike Gallagher ran uh, in uh, what would have been 2018, I believe he won with approximately uh, 60% of the vote uh, and 63% uh, of the vote. That's correct. And so it's an uphill battle. Uh, and um, but that would really send if if a man is stuck. I told you this before. Wins the eighth congressional. It's a landslide in Wisconsin for Joe Biden. Do you agree with me on that? Well, people, uh, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of support for Biden. We really are in rural areas where you would never have seen Democratic support. We are seeing that now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, you'll drive in rural areas of Wisconsin and find big signs saying Republicans for Trump billboards, um, Door County. Of course, uh, the Door County is more, a more tourist area, a uh, rural area, and largely Republican. But people that are traveling up there now say they've never seen so many signs for Amanda Stuck. So uh, she's working hard. Um, she's incredible. Uh, was a single mom at 19 and still uh, was able to graduate from college and then uh, received her master's in public administration. Uh, she was a congressional aide for a legislative aide, I should say, for um, Steve Kagan when he was in Congress, uh, served here in the local office. So, amandastuck.com. S-T-U-C-K. All right. Now, uh, and let's talk about the thing that's on a lot of voters mind right now, and that's protecting the vote. A lot of concern uh, among Democrats about whether they should vote by mail, whether they should vote in person. What's your view on this and what kind of uh, protections do people in Wisconsin have uh, to protect voting by mail? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, protecting the vote. I'd say education, right? Educating people on the various ways that they have available to vote and what the requirements are for them to vote, how to, you know, they can vote absentee, how to complete an absentee ballot, how to request one, um, how to return that absentee ballot. And then, or if they choose to vote in person, how to do that safely, either through uh, voting early in the two weeks before the election um, at their municipal clerk's office or on election day. Um, there's a huge, yeah, so education, I would say, is number one. Um, we felt that April was a dress rehearsal for us as Democrats in helping people to um, navigate using an absentee ballot. We really... Um, encouraged people to vote absentee as we are for this election. Uh, 1.2 million voters have already requested absentee ballots and there's an expectation that there will be a full 2 million Hmm. voters using absentee ballots. Um, Now the Republicans are trying at every turn to suppress the vote. They did it in April and they are doing it again. So in Madison, for example, uh, the uh, city clerk uh, decided since the drop boxes um, haven't arrived, I guess they're not gonna be installed until sometime early, well, they say early April, it is, I mean, April, October. those have not been installed yet. Apparently they haven't been delivered. So the city clerk came up with the uh, creative solution of uh, having people um, come to city parks. And rather than putting their completed ballots in drop boxes, they would be able to deliver them to poll workers. These are official, these are election officials. They're deputized by the city clerk. So these poll workers would collect the absentee ballots and then they would be, you know, sealed and delivered to the uh, city clerk's office where they would be scanned for the barcode uh, so that these ballots could be um, so that voters then could check uh, myvote.wi.gov to see that their ballot was received. Mm-hmm. Okay, myvote.wi.gov is a wonderful site. We are publicizing that broadly as a place where people can uh, check uh, to see that their absentee ballot has been requested, has been received, the request has been received, uh, that um, it's been sent out by the clerk, and then uh, at the return end, then the voter can check to see that it's been received by the clerk, and then later that it's been counted. So anyway, uh, the Republicans, though, um, they, they cried foul. Right. And Voss and Fitzgerald, they decided to write a cease and desist letter to the clerk um, claiming, you know, making claims that this was um, that this might be that this might be illegal ballot harvesting or that it may be um, illegal early voting Mm -hmm. and, and which it's none of those. But um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. Anything to suppress the vote. That's what Republicans will do. And there is nothing illegal about the about what they're doing. But again, it's intimidation, right? Uh, intimidating voters, making yeah. voters think that their their votes won't count. Are the um, uh, so those drop boxes will be available in the parks at Madison? It's just a cease and desist letter. It doesn't have any legal binding, as I understand. It. I could be wrong about that one, but you're absolutely correct. It was a way of letting the the Republicans, letting Democrats know they're going to fight them uh, every step of the way yeah. uh, in Wisconsin. Um, and if anybody in Illinois wants to help out. And people in Illinois, believe me when I tell you, discovered in 2016 that Wisconsin is is important. If there's any way they can help out, what do you uh, recommend that they do? Oh, if they would go to wisdems.org, go to our website, the Democratic Party of Wisconsin website, wisdems.org, and then look for the volunteer button. Right. It's easy. It's easy to find that button and click volunteer and you'll be set up. We have people. There's so much enthusiasm to support us in Wisconsin. The whole nation has their eyes on Wisconsin because, you know, we only lost by twenty two thousand seven hundred and forty nine votes. That's three (laughs) votes per ward. It's a heartbreak, but we do not intend to let that happen again. And so your listeners absolutely need to do that today. Open up wisdoms.org and volunteer. Um, I volunteer in Outagamie County. I'm one of those that I'm recruiting volunteers. I'm supporting volunteers uh, tomorrow and Saturday, tomorrow and Sunday. I will be a staging location director uh, for our efforts here. And here's the best part. See, uh, pre-COVID, we would be out knocking on doors. Yeah. We would be out talking with voters face to face. And this year, because of COVID, it's much easier for people out of state to support us because they can do the same thing that we are. We're talking to voters all over the state. We are talking primarily right now to voters that have requested absentee ballots. Okay, Mm. we need to educate these voters, have just have honest conversations with voters that we find are undecided and believe it or not we are talking to those people they there are undecided voters wow that's uh, what's what like so that that concept <laughs> an undecided voter i don't know how anybody could be undecided like what what could push them one way or the other do you know do you have a sense from having talked to them well I've, I think COVID-19, okay, if it's about an issue, COVID-19 and healthcare and the economy, and they're all tied together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see where now Congress wasn't able to do anything to support the airline industry. So how many, was it over 40,000 airline workers were furloughed? Yeah. You're right. And then the, the entire supply chain. Well, then a lot of those workers lose their health care. So it's healthcare, it's the economy, they're all tied together. And I think that um, when you can have an honest conversation with a voter, even over the phone, and you share your personal story on why you're supporting Joe Biden, um, 
that can make a difference. First, you have to listen, though. You have to respect that voter enough to hear their own story, what they're concerned about, and what they're looking for, right? What are you looking for in our next commander-in-chief? And, you know, I'm quite certain that people want someone they can trust. Mm-hmm. And you were you were just saying, you know, 15 minutes ago, you can't trust anything that Trump says. No. And who does? I mean, at this point, I have to believe that even his supporters are questioning his wisdom, right, at not wearing a mask and bringing everyone in proximity yeah. to him. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we want people to go in or look at that absentee ballot or uh, into their polling location and remember, remember that conversation they had with that Democratic person on the other end of the line. All right, uh, Ann Minster, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and uh, best of luck to you uh, and all the other volunteers in Wisconsin. You're holding the line for us. Uh, I've never had such appreciation for Wisconsinites. I'm not going to say cheeseheads, which is my uh, normal. <laughs> you just word. said it, man. You just said it. Well, you got to understand, I'm a lifelong Bear fan. I'm letting it out, okay? I know you don't really care about sports, but I've, like, I've said this. If Wisconsin goes blue, I will don a Green Bay Packers shirt and root for the Packers against my beloved Bears. That's how much I'm rooting for you Democrats in the state of Wisconsin. And I'm a lifelong Bears fan. I can go all the way back to John Brockington, Fuzzy Thurston, Jerry Kramer. They always beat my beloved Bears. But that's how much I am rooting for you Democrats in Wisconsin. Your inspiration to me. Uh, Scott Walker, he stole a game back in 2010. He hurt my unions and uh, liberals throughout the country, in my opinion, and it's just me talking, fell asleep and they didn't stand up for uh, the unions, the teachers union and the municipal public employees union in Wisconsin. They go, oh, come on, Ben, what do you care about unions? I just care about the environment, man. Well, if the Republicans control the legislature because they just decimated the unions, guess what? They're gutting your environmental uh, regulations. So there are all these issues, and Minster, you know this, mm-hmm. are tied together. Yeah. And uh, so I'm really rooting for you guys. Best of luck to you, right, Ann? Thank you so much, Ben. All right, that's Ann Minster. I'm Ben Drofsky. Take care, everybody.